you're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome to another episode of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by Tom Hiscott, the author of the bulletin. Tom, how are you? Yeah, good evening. Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Yourself? Jolly good. Well, I think I, I normally like to start the podcast by saying we've got an absolutely bumper load of football to talk to you about plenty of action in both divisions I like to talk about the Cups, the Vars you know, the Les Phillips um, but frankly it feels to me like the, uh, the the biggest winner of the weekend was the weather, it was um, it was pretty pretty miserable wasn't it, pretty damp Yeah, it seems to have put paid to a lot of, uh, awful lot of games unfortunately but um, well, we've still got to play them so um, lots more to talk about in the future I guess way to look at it. you can understand why the the season fixtures are front loaded somewhat. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I know we've had some criticism on, you know, on the past um, from managers who uh, you know who, who get frustrated by the sort of th- by the very thick and fast nature of the of the fixtures coming at the front mm. end of the season. But um, I mean, hopefully this weather isn't going to kick in for you know for for the duration. But you know, it does feel that we haven't played a great deal of football since no. um, since Christmas. They have been a bit short, shorter than usual, unfortunately, yeah. I mean, the good news is that we have actually got some football to talk about. I, I wasn't yeah. able to get out and about um, uh, this weekend. I've been blessed by the opportunity to watch Melksham three weekends in a row, but um, um, sadly the opportunity to go up to Bitten eluded me, which is a shame. It's one of the games we're going to talk about shortly because it was a it was a, an interesting game, to say the least. I don't think we want to get ourselves into any trouble with the powers that be, so we'll leave it at that. But um, I think, Tom, we'll start on Tuesday, the 16th of January, and there was a first division game. It was Malmesbury Victoria against Corsham Town. Yeah, managed to beat the weather, which was um, pretty good because there was a, a couple of other games postponed that evening. Uh, but Malmesbury uh, coming out on top, 3-2 winners. After a run of four games without win, um, this was really good for them, and it was Ed Wilkins scoring twice, uh, plus also a goal for Christian Hext uh, to help them claim the three points against Caution. And a decent crowd up there as well, 108. I suppose that's one of the other benefits of rain interruptions is that you know the Western League family starved of football. Uh, you know, the opportunity to go and watch any game, a game, any game, is um, is too good to miss. I fell foul of that myself, actually, uh, uh, on Saturday, sort of keeping an eye on Twitter, as I do, as I could see the, uh, the, you know, the fixtures being eradicated one by one by by the weather. I saw that um, Radstock's game against uh, Malmesbury Victoria was cancelled during the weather, and I thought, well, what better opportunity than um, for perhaps some um, football-starved football watchers in the Soma Valley to take the short trip up to Odd Down, where they were scheduled to play Bradford Town. Of course, Bradford, who'd done so well last week in the FA Vars, but um, even that one um, got cancelled. So um, the, the weather did run roughshod over the fixtures. Yeah, very much so. I mean, Saturday morning seemed to be every every couple of minutes there was a new new update coming in with games getting cancelled, so it was a bit, a bit disappointing. But fortunately, we did get seven games in, which is uh, um, better than nothing. Plenty of goals to talk about, and we'll start... With the uh, we'll start in the Premier Division with that game between Bitten and Melksham. Yeah, Melksham scoring twice really late on to, to claim a two or draw away from home. Uh, first half goals uh, for Bitten from Scott Bryce and Tom Nine, which put them ahead. Uh, but then they had a couple of men sent off, uh, and then Melksham also had a man uh, dismissed. So a bit of a feisty affair. So 10 v 9 uh, going into the final stages. Uh, new signing Francois Allen uh, reduced the deficit. Uh, got Melksham on the board in the 90th minute. Uh, and then in uh, in added time, uh, it was leading goal scorer Gary Higdon scoring his 21st of the season uh, to to help grab a point. Um, 
Melsham did in fact have another man sent off just after that uh, in Jake Brown, so it did end 9v9, but uh, the match, yeah, a, a draw as well, two all. Well, I am, I am reliably informed by the bit and tweeter that it wasn't a dirty game. There we go then. But uh, it did finish. Um, it. Well, it finished two all on the board and, <laughs> and nine all on the pitch. So it does make <laughs> you wonder what was going on there. Anyway, yeah, we'll. Uh, I mean, interesting the good news is that the day, the game went on and it had the biggest crowd of the day, 163, which is really good news for Bitten because I know their crowds aren't always, um, you know, that high. So that was um, that was good. Um, the next game to talk about uh, it's Cribs against uh, last week's uh, podcast guest, uh, Longwell Green Sports, and. Um, the fight back continues. Mm, no curse at all. Um, obviously, going into this game, it's pretty, pretty high at the table, and they, they built a two-goal lead pretty early on uh, into the second half. It was Charlie Alden putting them ahead uh, with a header uh, before Jake Slocum doubled the lead just after the hour mark. So, yeah, 2 nil up, Cribs, and looking like a, a good good shot for three points. Uh, but Longwell Green managed to storm back and uh, stretch twice late on uh, through Ben Allen and Joe Woodley uh, to claim another point. Uh, obviously, their fight survival is... Uh, gaining a bit of pace, which is good to see, because we don't want teams falling off the bottom. Uh, yeah, so a two-all draw there, and uh, another point, as I say, for Longwell Green. Yeah, the, to, to coin a famous political phrase, we may well be seeing the uh, the green shoots of recovery. There we mm. go. There's your, there's your headline. There's your there tabloid go. headline. Um, you can have that one for free, listeners. Um, but uh, it does look like, you know, the talk of Longwell Green's demise may have been somewhat premature but which will be make which will make for a very interesting conclusion um to the season it would certainly be one of the most miraculous footballing escapes i can remember but um watch this space anyway um finally in the premier division tom hallen they were at home to bridgewater town and it was the oa side who came with the three points there yeah two two one wins for bridgewater uh a 32nd-minute goal from Jack Taylor, followed by a 25-yard screamer, uh, I believe, from Michael Duffy. Uh, so, yeah, that was enough for Bridgewater to claim the three points, two, one away from home. Well, last time we spoke to Carl Bagley from Bridgewater Town, they were on a very good run of form. Not the best Christmas, but certainly that win at Hallen has the potential to put them back on track. And so I took this opportunity to speak to Carl Bagley again um, for the second time this season and ask him about that win away at Hallen. First half, we completely dominated the game. To be honest, I know they had a decent free kick, but it's probably the best football we've played in a good, good few weeks. And like I think, it, I think we went in one nil up. I think Jack Taylor scored on his comeback. Had a goal disallowed. Had a couple, like I say, a couple of decent chances. But no, I thoroughly enjoyed the first half and second half scored pretty much five minutes into the second half and 2-0 was always a horrible scoreline is it to be yeah. fair to Hallen when they went 2-0 down they kind of stepped up a gear then if you know what I mean and yeah kind of probably the last half an hour they were the better team squeaky bum time um no not really I, I'd say it was comfortable if if you know if there is ever a comfortable 2-1 scoreline if you know what I mean I don't I wasn't too worried. I was pretty sure that we would see it out, if you know what I mean. But credit to Hallen, like I said, the pitch was terrible come the end. Obviously, rain, wind. But no, they, they, the last half an hour, they definitely, definitely give us a decent game. Well, um, you mentioned the weather there, and of course the weather decimated the fixture list on, um, on Saturday. Were you, were you pleased that your game was able to go ahead? Oh, yeah, brilliant. If you know what I mean, we spoke to Sage at the start of the game, and 
to be fair to him, he said, "Oh, it's wet. It's gonna, it's gonna cup and all that." And we were like, oh, don't, "Don't, like you say, don't apologise if not. I mean, we're just thankful that the game's on." And like I say, when you got there, the pitch looked as Hallen always does. To be fair, they do a really good job down there. The pitch looked lovely, and then once you saw the pitch after ninety minutes, you kind of think to yourself, "Oh, should we? Shouldn't we?" If you know what I mean. But at the end of the day, it's it's January. Pitches aren't going to get any better now, if you know what I mean. It's it's a case of if we don't play these games, it's another Tuesday night game. Please, the game, the game went ahead and we got the three points, really. Well, it was an important three points for you, um, because the last time I spoke to you, which was back in November, <clears throat> we had a look at the Christmas run-in and we discussed the number of home games um, that you had. And, and, and you, I think you were pleased that you actually you, you, you had a run of home games. But actually, it hasn't panned out very well for you, has it? Since your defeat away at Melksham, uh, your home games haven't yielded um, very many points at all. So um, that win at Hallen made even more important because it stopped the rot. Yeah, like the... The previous victory was away at Shepton Manor as well. Like me and Dave spoke after the game, we, we need to address our home form. Whether or not teams just come to us as as it is a big club and put that little bit more effort in, I don't know. But it's obviously something that me and Dave are looking at. I mean, you've had some difficult ties, in fairness. You know, you've had the likes of Willand and Street, of course, who are going, you know, going very well in the league. But, um, but equally, you've, 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 you've come unstuck against, um, you know, Bitten and, 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 and Wellington. If you'd have got a few more wins out of, uh, the, out of that run of fixtures, I mean, you'd certainly been improving upon your eighth um, position at the, in the Premier Division at the moment. Yeah, to be fair, though, I think... I think you've probably heard it from every single manager that you've had on the podcast. It, I think this season's just a season where every team can beat everyone. And to be fair, performances haven't been that bad. We lost 2-0 to Bitten and to two set pieces, a penalty and an absolute world of a free kick. But like you say, their keeper made three, four decent saves. Should we have got something out of the game? Potentially, it's just, it's just like I've said in in the local newspapers and stuff. We're just lacking that little bit of ruthlessness up front at the moment. Well, we have to be fair to you because the last time you came on, you said that this was very much a rebuilding season after the disappointment of um, last season's relegation. And uh, you said, as far as you were concerned, the most important thing you could do was put a smile back on the supporters' faces. So, are you smiling at Bridgewater at the moment? Um, yeah, I'd like to think so. As me and Dave, probably like we said to the boys on Saturday, yes, we are. We were in 12th, obviously, Saturday. We are 12th position. It's, it's where we are. Performances haven't warranted us being any higher up the league at the moment, if you know what I mean. But we knew that we are capable of stringing a run together, and you string a run together, and then you're looking at like top five again, I think. I think the top four teams are probably there, I think, now, if you know what I mean, with maybe Buckland pushing. And I think it's just a case of you've got four, five, maybe six teams now just vying for six. Not really, if, you, if, you, if I was to be brutally honest. It's interesting, isn't it? Because there are leagues within the league. Um, I know, you know, people say that throughout throughout football but I think you're absolutely right in your analysis there does seem to be the, the um, you know that those at the top of the table have, um, have bunched up um, and then there is a bit of a gap so have you got an, have you got one eye on that um, that fifth place finish for the end of the season oh, to be fair I might have said it to you before we just want to finish as high as we can like I said there was no pressure on us this season 
it was just to be as successful as we can, have a decent cut run, which we were lucky enough to have two decent cut runs. And like you say, just win more than we lose. And I think at the moment, I think we've lost 10 in the league now. But when me and Piercy go through the fixtures that we've lost, we've probably lost five, maybe six of those by the odd goal. Yeah. And it's just a case of, like I said to the players, it's just a case of maybe it's a bit of naivety on mine and Piercy's front, if you know what I mean, by potentially going for the win and not looking after the point. But... Like I say, I know points look after themselves and yeah, maybe we should have converted a couple of those into draws, but hey, it was football, isn't it? It is. And I think that, you know, the, the moral of this, this story is that actually you're looking up rather than down. You know, you're disappointed that you've lost some games that you could have got more out of. But actually, had you have got those points, you know, you would be closer to the top than the bottom. This is not, a, a, you know, the, the, your, your form has been good. And you know that on your day, you're obviously capable of, um, of getting a result. Yeah, that's that's exactly what it is, if you know what I mean. I think there's only been two, maybe three games out of the whole season where I can honestly say that we were beaten by the better team, if you see where I'm coming from. Oh, yeah. Every, every game, every game that we've been in, we've competed for at least 60 to 70 minutes and it's like I said it's just, it's just a case of just turning 45 minute performances into an hour performance into 70 and then eventually we will have that complete performance and I know it's going to happen before the season ends we will beat somebody four or five convincingly it's just one of those days where your chances go in and it doesn't just trickle wide well, your next game is Clevedon Town at home. That's going to be a really interesting game, isn't it? Because they're only one place above you. They've played a game more. So it's a really important game that, again, if you get that three points, you know, again, that's going to help your league position. Yeah, t- to be fair, we kind of owe Clevedon one, really. Because <laughs> we, we lost up there, as I, I think it was 1-0, one, one I think it was, on a Tuesday night, and they scored in the 80, 85th, 86th minute, I think it was. So it would be it would be nice to get three points back off them, but like you said, they're an experienced side, got a mixture of mixture of youth. It looks like now coming in, and obviously I know Mickey Bell quite well. So yeah, it's, it'll be a tough game, but like they all are every week. Every week's a tough game at the moment. Well, Carl, thank you very much for the the time um, to talk to us. I've, I've got one question, uh, one last question for you, which is a little bit of an opportunity to get to know you a little bit better. Um, obviously, this is your first season as joint manager at Bridgewater Town, but um, what's led you to the dugout at Bridgewater? Can you tell us a little bit about your life in football? I've been pretty much playing tool station football from the age of 17. I, like I said, I think I was 17, went to Torrington for four, five, six seasons under the management of Jeff Evans uh, when I go from Torrington played for Ilfracoon played for Barnstable then took the step into kind of management and was assistant manager straight player at Ilfracoon when my mate took over played a bit at street and then kind of went back to Barnstable in a completely assistant manager perspective about four four years ago I think it was like I said, thoroughly enjoyed my time there, and basically I've obviously Piercy being an old player of mine at Barnstable. We were talking. I know Piercy took over from the management of Bridgewater 
caretaker and it was a case of look do we do should we approach the club and talk about next year and I knew I was leaving Barnstable I just didn't know if I wanted to continue football if you know what I mean I didn't know if I wanted a year off and like I say once I spoke to Ian Barber Bob Buckingham Adrian the chairman Debbie and all that all the people that work so hard behind the scenes it was a case of yeah why not it's, it's a it's a brilliant club just obviously had a few bad years I think which we spoke about previously and that's where I am now and hopefully fingers crossed for a good few years just yet well, Carl, um, yeah, Bridgewater certainly is a, is a brilliant club. It's one we, we follow closely on the uh, the podcast, and um, we'll hope that you don't suffer the curse of the podcast and uh, and go on a losing run. Because I think if you can put a few wins together, then uh, you'll certainly be um, you'll certainly be climbing up the table. Yeah, we've already hit that curse. Team of the month, and then we lose four in a row. <laughs> <laughs> Carl, thank you very much for your time. No worries. Thanks a lot. We need some supplies for tomorrow. Oh, what's that? It's the helping hand from Toolstation. But it's a... Uh... A hand, yes. It's showing me around the Toolstation website. Nice. Yeah. I've selected paints, cables, sealant and plumbing fittings. I can check up to the minute stock, hit this button, thanks hand, and it's ready to collect in 20 minutes. So get the van. Can't the hand? It can't reach the pedals. Fair enough. Click and collect. Another helping hand from Toolstation. Your best mate for the job. Now, moving into the first division, um, Ashton and Batwell United, they entertain Chard Town. Yeah, Ashton and Batwell still over their shoulders a bit, down in, uh, down in 20th position, uh, and they did go ahead uh, through Harry Walker, uh, but they, they ended up with just a point, unfortunately. Uh, a one-all draw, um, Chard equalising through Kieran Bailey. And uh, now Calm Town, they were at home to local rivals Corsham Town. Uh, yeah, and it was a late equaliser uh, for Calm's um, Mark Dolman, scoring from pretty long range. Uh, after they'd fallen behind to Adam Mitchell's opener. So, yeah, another 1-1 draw there between Cowan and Corsham. Now, high-flying Canesham, they were at home to Almondsbury. Yeah, they moved back top of the table now, Canesham, uh, following this one, obviously, Westbury. Westbury, remember, Graf and George both having their games uh, called off. Uh, it was a close one. It was only a 2-0 win for Canesham at uh, home to Almondsbury. And it was, you know, was Torrin Williams who, who put the home side ahead uh, during the first half. Uh, but they didn't have to wait till uh, second half stoppage time to, to completely wrap up the win. Um, it was Matt Brown, obviously, scoring all the goals for them at the moment. Uh, he added another, and yeah, 2-0 win for Canesham. And another healthy crowd there, 154, mm. the second biggest of the day. So congratulations to Canesham for that. And finally in the first division, Oldland Abertonians, they were at home to uh, a, t- a team that's literally just below them in the league, Chippenham Park. Um, only 35 here to watch this one, but at least they saw a fair few goals go in. Indeed, yeah, and uh, also a hat-trick. Uh, Lewis McCowan, he was the hero for Chippenham Park. Uh, yeah, very much a mid-table clash, 9th v 10th, and it was uh, the team just below uh, who kept claimed the three points, yeah, Chippenham Park, 4-0 victors, thanks to Lewis McCarran's hat-trick. Following that eye-catching win, I took this opportunity to catch up with Tim Smith, uh, one of the joint managers at Chippenham Park, to have a chat with him about their season. I started off by asking Tim to explain a little bit about his route to the Chippenham Park dugout. Well, I've been involved with the club for probably since the club started. Um, once we were in the Wilts League, um, was co-manager with uh, Dave Ferris, um, and then the other managers going forward. And uh, and then um, uh, Brett Partner came on board last year, and we were doing it as a joint effort there. And and then Brett walked away. Um, 
earlier part of the season and now Shane Blackmore has come on board and again the two of us are doing it as a, as a joint venture. Well you're currently 10th in the table, um, do you think that that's a sort of a, a, a fair reflection of your season so far, a little bit of good and a little bit of bad? Yeah I think so, um, I think some of the, if you, if you look at the results we've had this year, um, we've dropped a lot of points in very late parts of the game um, you know whether it be a draw you know a, a win would then turns out to be a draw so a little bit disappointing there um, again the side has changed a little bit we've had some bad injuries but then again that's no different to anybody else um, but yeah I would I would say you know, we've played a lot of games, so I think maybe the position in the league is a little bit misleading uh, because teams below us, you know, um, it's all very closely tight, you know, point-wise. So I think um, as teams catch up and play their games, we might drop down the league a little bit. But who knows? If we keep winning, then that'll be fine. Because the, the recent form has been has been difficult for you. I mean, over Christmas, you enjoyed a very good win at home against Wincanton. And then, of course, on Saturday, um, you had a very good win away against Old and Abertonians. But um, other than that, there's, there's not been a great deal for the fans to cheer, has there? No, no. We, um, I was away over Christmas. Not making a lot of difference, but I was away and missed the games against Calm and uh, Bristol Telephones. Uh, the Calm game was was a bit disappointing, being a local derby. But I, I do believe from what people said, we didn't deserve anything out of the game. So uh, fair play to Calm. Um, but no, you know, there's we've had pockets of where uh, before Christmas, you know, we had a run of games where we were unbeaten. But um, and we played Chittenham Town, you know, in the Wilts Senior Cup and enjoyed that evening. So um, and, and gave a good account of ourselves. So um, I think the team, you know, we've made one or two uh, new signings have come on board in the last couple of months, which I think is strengthened the squad. And uh, hopefully uh, we can kick on from there. Well, the game against um, Old Nabatonians was a good victory, um, 4-1. You were 2-0 up uh, at half-time, so um, is that a result that you've seen coming for a while? To be honest, um, you know, we never walk out, I never feel we walk out onto the pitch and we're the underdogs. I feel that you know, we've got the capabilities of doing beat any, any team in that league. Um, so, yes, you know, I think the, the conditions... Um, were difficult on Saturday, but it's funny how games, you know, I talk about game change in uh, situation. You know, we were 1-0 up uh, a few minutes before half-time. They could have easily have scored um, to make it one each. Um, and then uh, Sam Thompson made a terrific save, but then literally within minutes we went up the other end and scored and made it 2-0. So the team talk at half-time was you know, a lot different to what it might have been. So and, and, and that's how sometimes the games unravel. And then second half, we you know, we took the game to them, and, and to be honest, it possibly could have been more than four. I mean, more, perhaps slightly more impressive than beating Old and Abertonians was the fact that that match managed to beat the weather um, because the uh, the Western League fixtures were decimated by the, uh, the, the the weather at the weekend. Were you concerned that uh, your game might not be on? I didn't. I've got to be honest with you. We we played Oldlands a few weeks ago in the in in a cup in a cup game, and and that was um, the, the pitch was not good at all and certainly at the end of the game wasn't very good um, you know I think we were all flabbergasted you know that the game was on you know even before we got there you know based on the weather we'd had and, and knowing that the pitch at Oldlands isn't particularly great 
Uh, we got there um, in, in the referee's eyes. He thought it was playable. Um, and, and so you go with that. Uh, but the pitch at the end of the game was, was dreadful. You know, it was, I can't imagine they're going to be playing on that for, for a while. Well, you, uh, you did come away with all three points. So uh, a welcome, Philip, for your season. Next up, you, uh, you're on the road to, uh, to Welton Rovers, who uh, they've not had many games recently. And then you've got the small matter of, of a game at home at Harden Hewitt Park to, um, to Westbury United. Now, your form of late hasn't been great against Wiltshire opposition, I think it would be fair to say. But um, with Westbury doing so well in the season, that will be a really mouth-watering um, derby, won't it? Yeah, I mean, we, we, you're quite correct. Um, local derbies for us, um, you know, we, don't, we haven't done well. Um, and it's, seen, it's like an Achilles heel. Each, each season, it's the same. You know, if we turn the games, you know, the Wiltshire derbies into, into, into wins, we'd be further up the league. Um, so, yeah, it's a bit disappointing. Yeah, the, the Welton game, you know, comes first. Um, hopefully the game will be on um, because, again, I think their pitch does suffer with uh, wet conditions. And then, and then we can think about Westbury the week after. But Westbury are flying. Um, but based on our form, I think um, you know. And to be honest, a lot of their players, probably six or seven or eight of them, probably played for Chippenham Park at some stage, which is quite uh, quite interesting. Do, do you think that some of the local rivals, in particular, um, because not least because you play your games at Harden Hewish Park, um, perhaps raise their game when they take on Chippenham Park? Because it isn't so much Chippenham Park; it's almost as if it, if they're taking on Chippenham Town. Yeah, I, th- I think if anything, I've had that conversation with somebody this morning. Um, I think uh, teams do raise their game. You know, they, you know, you know, without being slightly big-headed or conceited. I think it's obviously the best you know ground in the league, and so it should be when you know, Chippenham Town are playing at the level they are. Um, so I think teams, you know, the surface is always good. You know, teams that can play football, um, you know, the better players, it suits, and and sometimes that's when you know we come unstuck a little bit. Um, obviously, because of the relationship between um, the, the two sides, uh, do you have do you have any players at the moment that are dual registered um, with Chippenham Town? Is is there another? Uh, are, are you able to tell us about another um, a big name that could be making a making a hit in the um, in the semi professional ranks? You know, there's a there's a close link with with the clubs. You know, uh, Chippenham Town and ourselves. Um, but I think <clears throat> since Chippenham Town have gone up to you know, another level. Um, of course, some of their players can go on loan to other Southern League clubs, um, which probably suits. Uh, but we have, you know, it's been a couple of times this year, you know, where we've had players coming back from injury for town, and they've, ter- you know, they've been glad to get 90 minutes or playing for us. So um, it doesn't happen that often. But hopefully uh, this weekend, uh, not this, yeah, probably this weekend, um, there possibly will be a player that's on the town books who has signed for us and probably hopefully will be available this weekend for us. It was always an exciting one for the fans to see um, some yeah, of the stars of the definitely. future. Uh, and our players as well, because I think it then shows that, because um, sometimes you get this attitude, oh, you know, these players are going to be signed on for town, you know, they don't want to play for us, you know, they're above that, playing for Chittenden Park. But, you, you know, it's, it's, it's a, an interesting conversation because there's quite a few players out there would be more than willing to play for us if, need, if needed. But town squad, you know, it isn't massive. And so most weekends, you know, Mark Collier takes a full squad with him. 
Um, one final question. Um, obviously, you've talked a little bit about the sort of the changes that have gone on at the club this season. I mean, I don't know what your aspirations were to, uh, at the start of this campaign, but um, I mean, how do you see the rest of 2018 panning out? We're always in a difficult position, uh, Chippenham Park, because um, there's no side below us. In, in other words, we haven't we haven't got a reserve side, whereas a lot of sides in the Western League um, have got. Um, reserve sides so it's it's trying to manage the players the squad as well as we can you know trying to keep everybody happy because um, um, you know there's times when one or two players are beyond the bench and they're not happy about it whereas if you've got a reserve squad they can either go and play with the reserves or you can if you've got a few injuries then you can call up players from the reserves uh, we haven't got that that option and so managing the players is difficult and I think it, it really does come down to what I've just said uh, luck of the draw when it comes to injuries um, because the, where we've been unfortunate this year we've had a, two or three players who were chipping players through and through have been injured long term injuries and and, and and then we suffer by that because uh, they're the sort of players that will play no matter what and my thanks to Tim for his time. Now, as we always do, Tom, we will take this look uh, opportunity to have a look at the fixtures that are coming up. Hopefully, the weather gods will be kind to us and um, we'll have an awful lot more football to talk about this time next week. We'll start off with the fixtures on Tuesday the 23rd of January and there are two matches in the Premier Division. Yeah, indeed. Hopefully, as you say, the weather, weather holds to allow these two games to go ahead. We've got Well City versus Shepton Mallet. Also, a biggie uh, between Buckland Athletic and Willem Rovers. So, two, two, two games to look forward to there on Tuesday night, hopefully. And in the first division, um, Almondsbury take on Wincanton Town. All of those games on Tuesday are 7.30 kickoffs. Now, we move into Wednesday, the 24th of January. Two matches to talk about in the first division. Yeah, indeed. Uh, two games, both 7.30 kickoffs, just like the night before. Uh, we've got Bristol Telephones versus the high flying Remograph St George. Uh, and then also Old and Abertonians, they take on Rapstock. Um, the bread and butter of the league continues on Saturday the 27th of January with hopefully a full list of fixtures in the Premier Division. Do you want to kick us off, Tom? Yeah, indeed. So in the Premier Division, we've got Bitten versus Cribs. They've got Bridgewater Town. They host Clevedon Town. Uh, Buckland are on their travels. They take on Bridport. Cadbury Heath versus Bradford Town. We've got Chipping Sodbury versus Hengrove. Uh, we've got Longwell Green. Uh, they host Hallam. We've got Melksham Town versus Brislington. Uh, Odd Down travel to take on Shepton Mallet. And then finally, Wells City at home to Street. And in the first division, Almondsbury take on Radstock Town. Bishop Sutton are at home to Warminster Town. Bristol Telephones take on Bishop's Lydiard. Khan Town entertain Ashton and Backwell United. Chard Town take on Oldland Abertonians. Devizes Town entertain Canesham Town. Malmesbury Victoria take on Cheddar. Welton Rovers against Chippenham Park. Westbury United against Roman Glass St George. Wincanton Town take on Corsham Town. So that's our, that's our runners and riders, boom, boom, finishing... Uh, on Saturday the 27th of January. Tom, over the course of this week there's some very interesting um, uh, fixtures. I mean, you sort of alluded to them as you were running through, but which uh, which games have caught your eye? Yeah, I mean, obviously weather weather dependent. Uh, Tuesday night we've got Buckland versus Willand. Uh, Willand obviously doing extremely well uh, towards the top of the table. Uh, a bit of a tough test though. Going to Buckland, you can obviously score a fair few goals if they're on the, on the money. Uh, and then looking ahead to Saturday, I mean, we talked about them quite a bit. Uh, but Longwell Green Sports have got a game at home to Howland, which, looking at the table, they're going to have to think is winnable if they've got any hope of pulling off this uh, this recovery. 
Absolutely. Now, um, I'm quite interested in the game between, um, well, City and Shepton on Tuesday the 23rd because there are two sides that, um, I mean, the form book says Shepton really should win that game, but they're not a million miles apart. So that's a really good, it's a really interesting um, derby game. Um, there's also going to be a little bit of interest uh, between Oldland Abertonians and Radstock Town. I won't go into it any more than that, but I think that that will be certainly a competitive uh, encounter and as I take a look down the uh, the fixtures in the first division I, I can't help but pick out that Wes- uh, Westbury United game against Roman Glass St George two sides that uh, you know been going very well this season so it'd be very interesting to see um, uh, who comes out on top there now I know you like a bit of a stat uh, so uh, who are our hot shots so far this season Tom yeah, so in looking at league goals, we've got Premier Division uh, leading scorer Gary Higdon from Melksham, obviously, he's on 19. And we've got a pair of street players uh, following him up. We've got Steve Murray on 16 uh, and David O'Hare on 15. And then down in the first division, Matt Brown added to his tally. Uh, he's up to 20 goals, uh, the Canesian man uh, in, the, in the league this season. We've got James Rustle uh, of Radstock on 17. Uh, and then a further two goals back on 15 apiece. We've got Dan Kovacs of Westbury United and Ken O'Neill of Remglass and George. Now I'll have a look at the Premier Division table. Um, Street sitting pity at the top there. Played 22, 56 points. Will and Rovers, they've played 20 games. They're six points behind. Um, they're on 50 points. And Melksham Town in third. 23 played, 45 points. There is a gap between the top two and the next two. Uh, Bradford Town in fourth. Played 21. They're on 45 points. And then there's, there's an eight-point gap um, between them and, uh, and Cribs. Now, um, looking at the bottom of the table, Longwell Green Sports, they are at the bottom there, 24 played, six points um, away from Well City, uh, who, have got, uh, who have played 23 games. They're on 12 points, Well City, uh, and just above them, Cadbury Heath. Only 16 um, games played uh, and 16 points on the board. And Hallen, um, talked about them a little bit this evening, talked, talked about them a little bit today. They're on uh, 22 played and 18 uh, points. And uh, do you want to take us through the runners and the riders in the first division, Tom? Yeah, of course. Obviously, not, not loads of change this week, but there was one big one at the top, obviously, Kenshin. Kenshin moving ahead of uh, Westbury. Uh, they've now got 58 points from their 26 games. Uh, Westbury have also played 26. They're a further point back on 57. Uh, Roman Glass and George big game this weekend, as, we, as you alluded to. Uh, 25 games played, they've got 51 points. Uh, and then a trio of teams on 41 points, a bit further back, Radstock, Welton and Devizes. Uh, down towards the bottom, we've got Porter's Head uh, holding things up on 15 points from their 24 games. Uh, Sherborne uh, in 21st, they've played 23 and they have 18 points. Uh, and then Warminster and Ashton back, where both have 22 points from 25 and 27 games, respectively. Now, um, we didn't do it last week, but we will do it this um, this week. It's the parish notices section. Um, I have got some news coming from some of the clubs who have been in touch with me that I think um, they've got um, certainly one eye on some social events coming up. So we will bring you that news um, shortly. But one piece of uh, news that's coming from us at the Tool Station Western League is that we've teamed up with UNESCO for World Radio Day. Now, I've offered my services to a Western League club um, for fixtures around the 13th of February. The 13th of February is World Radio Radio Day. It's UNESCO's World Radio Day where they celebrate world, uh, they celebrate radio and its cultural benefits across the world. This year's theme is sport and sports broadcasting and we're not talking about the professional game, we're very much talking about grassroots community sport and with that in mind I've offered my services to one club from the Western League or two I should say really, to provide an audio commentary. Now obviously all of you will be familiar with radio commentary but this is a commentary that's done for a very specific reason and that's to help visually impaired fans. 
Um, it's not uncommon in the professional game for, for clubs to offer a special audio commentary for fans inside the ground who want to experience the match day atmosphere but can't actually see the play. And I want to offer that to a group of fans, hopefully, who are visually impaired, who would love to come and watch their local um, Western League side um, but can't always come because it's not possible to actually follow um, the action. Well, hopefully, um, I, my audio commentary will provide them in the ground with the opportunity to do exactly that as well as enjoying all of the smells and the sounds of the match day experience at the Tool Station Western League. Um, there are details about how to get in touch with me and about this event on Tool Station Western League website. Um, but if you would like to contact me uh, and, uh, and, and make your interest known, then my telephone number is 07817. 484955. Now, if I'd have been a proper broadcaster, I would have given you warning that you needed a pencil before I gave out that number. The fact of the matter is we don't have to worry about that, ladies and gentlemen, because this is a podcast, so you can wind it back. Um, but hopefully, uh, uh, if there are people in your life, um, friends, family, who you know would enjoy the opportunity to to be at a Western League game but can't follow the action for whatever reason then please, um, please get in touch with me because it would be a really wonderful thing to do for the Western League to celebrate UNESCO's World Radio Day by offering fans the chance to enjoy a game live with that audio commentary. So hopefully um, we will be bringing you certainly um, more news about that in the run up to, uh, to World Radio Day and certainly when we've done it um, that's something that I'd like to share with you on the podcast and celebrate um, that experience um, for the fans but there we go more news on that certainly to come in the coming weeks now the only thing that remains me f- for me to do now is Tom your bulletin is on the Western League website isn't it yeah indeed there's a towel on the top um, and then also a little further down on the homepage as well there's a new little um, position for the podcast bulletin and match reports which is uh, yeah, pretty easily accessible so that should be able, yeah people should be able to find that on the website Lovely stuff. And, of course, have you penned your column for this week's non-league paper? Yep, indeed. I think the, the, the three or four uh, Premier Division matches managed to, to get them in there in the uh, Step 5 and 6 section. That's wonderful, Tom. Thank you very much um, for um, for speaking to us today. Hopefully, we'll have a little bit more football to talk about. Mm, fingers crossed. On next week's podcast, <laughs> bring your umbrella. Um, but uh, if if this continues, listeners, we will start having very in depth analysis into the variety of different solutions that clubs can employ um, to uh, to get their games on, from covers on pitches to special rollers. I'm, I'm sure you're really looking forward to me interviewing various people about that. And uh, uh, let's. So let's, for all of our sakes, let's hope that, that, the, uh, that the rain abates and we actually get to talk about mud on boots, which is a downside more interesting than, than me uh, going off on you know, what I consider to be an interesting tangent. Anyway, on that bombshell, I will catch up with you. Tom and I will catch up with you uh, uh, on next week's Toolstation Westerly podcast. Station Westerly podcast.